Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we're headed to one of the best waterfall hikes in central Oregon, just a few miles outside of Bend. Yeah, Vicki, you know, I've been doing this job for a while now, and I really thought I had been to all of the major waterfall hikes in Oregon. Trail of Tin Falls. Multnomah-Wakina Loop, all those waterfalls in the gorge, McKinsey River Waterfall Loop, Tominawas Falls, Kentucky Falls. I mean, the list goes on. And I am shocked. I am shook to my core <laughs> that nobody told me about the Tumalo Falls Loop, which definitely deserves to be mentioned in the same company as all of those others. Oh, man. I feel like there's going to be people in Bend who might listen to this and like, how'd you not know how about How did I not know? I, I'm blaming others so as not to blame myself. <laughs> um, but I ultimately will take responsibility for it. The thing is, here's the thing about this hike, is that it's got one really amazing waterfall right off the bat, and that a lot of people go up and see it and back, and you think, that's it. That's the experience. Mm. But go beyond that waterfall, and there are so many other waterfalls. It's just a really, really incredible place to hike. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this a little bit. Where exactly is this hike? So if you're in Bend and you head out of town, like I want to say it's like 20 minutes, just due west. Um, you're going to get to this place called the Tumalo Falls Trailhead. It's, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about the geography of Oregon, you're heading up sort of into the Eastern slope of the Cascade Mountains. So um, Tumalo Falls is basically just off the slopes of Broken Top, which is right, you know, a part of those, the the three sisters there. Yeah. So this is kind of, this this is the Tumalo Creek flows off of Broken Top and it goes down and meets up with the um, Deschutes River um, just outside of Bend. So this is one of those, you know, drainages of that area. And Tumalo Falls itself is, is, sort of right there off the parking lot. You know, you can see it pretty quickly and you, there's a viewpoint up to, you know, up to it that you can sort of see uh, and hike over top of it. Um, but that's kind of the general gist of this this area. Okay. And how recently did you do this, Jamie? So I did this a, about around the end of October. It was October 23rd. Um, the thing about 
this hike is that like it it's the trailhead closes seasonally or mm. at least the road to the trailhead gates seasonally so you kind of have to make sure you get there in the season and i got there pretty much right at the very very end of that season so uh it was a nice beautiful crisp day clear um no snow anywhere and it was it felt very idyllic Okay, so what are some of the specs on this hike? How long is it? Mileage? Elevation? There's obviously a lot of ways you can do it, whether you're hiking just up to Tumalo Falls or you're hiking up the length of the trail. But what I did and what a lot of people like to do is to do this Tumalo Falls loop hike. So there's a couple of trails you can do to make this seven-mile loop um, from the trailhead parking lot and back. And it's a really, really nice way to do it. Um, so that, like I said, that loop is about seven miles. The elevation gain has been tracked anywhere from like 12 to 1400 feet. Um, I consider this to be like a moderate hike. Uh, there's, it's definitely for folks who are experienced hikers, really in shape. It's not going to be that big of a problem, um, for folks who may have trouble with some uneven ground or who might have trouble with some elevation, it might be a little bit more challenging. Um, but for me, it was kind of like right, right in the middle there. Just just challenging enough to get the heart rate up, but nothing too difficult. And there was snow when you went, or there was not? No snow. Wow. No okay. snow. But this is an area we're talking about. It's it's practice. It's a mile from like the timber line on Broken Top. So it's it's right up there. So when yeah. the snows do come, this this trail definitely gets snowed out. Oh my gosh. Is this one that people will often um snowshoe, you think? You can, but here's the thing to get to the trailhead from the gate is a pretty long walk. Like I can't remember the exact specs, but it's several miles to get to just to that trailhead. And then you could, if you wanted to snowshoe the seven mile loop, for example, you would have to like add on like an additional, I want to say like six miles round trip just to get to that, that beginning point. Um, so I wouldn't recommend this. Unless you're, I mean, if you're on skis, maybe you can get there a little bit quicker. Um, you know, I've, I've arrived at this trailhead before in the snow and thought about it for like a, a long, hard moment and thought, no way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to walk that long in the snow. That's crazy. Um, so if you, if you want to do this hike, I do recommend getting there, you know, outside of the snow season. So we're, we're recording this podcast here on the 1st of November we're pretty much in the snow season there for this. So this is really one to put on your bucket list for next year. Um, unless you're really a hardy snow adventurer and you want to go try to hit it this winter. Right. All right. Well, let's talk about these waterfalls. Oh man. Let's talk about these waterfalls. Okay. So we talked about Tumalo Falls already. This is the big one. This is sort of the, the main, the main attraction, the big enchilada here. It's an 89-foot waterfall. It's a beautiful plunge pouring off of the cliffs. You get a really nice view of it. It's kind of like opened in this canyon. Um, so you get great views uh, looking over top of it um, and looking you know, looking kind of at it from uh, eye level. Um, really incredible. If you just want to do this, it's worth it. And how far is this from the like parking? The So the Tumalo Falls viewpoint is just like two tenths of a mile from the trailhead parking lot. It's an uphill walk. So you, you are going to be climbing a little bit up to get there, but it's a, a very well graded trail. It's a very popular trail. 
Um, I've seen a lot of people just go up and back and do a little half mile day. You call it good. Um, get a picture of the waterfall. Um, feel pretty good about that. So that's just the very, very start. So if you're doing this big loop um, and you want to start going this way, sort of going this counterclockwise way to that, that fall, it, you know, you're, you're getting the best one right off the bat. And I, and I do recommend doing that because I think for me, the idea of seeing that waterfall and then knowing there was more to come beyond it was insane. Yeah. Uh, it was like having cake for breakfast, you know, <laughs> what else, how could it possibly get, get any better? Um, and it can, that's the thing. So you said we're going counterclockwise here. Yes. And what's the reasoning for that? Um, you know, it's just most of the, the, the waterfalls are on this first leg. So if you think about it, um, you know, as a clock and you're starting at like at six o'clock, for example, and going counterclockwise that, that first half of the clock from six to, to one, that's most of the waterfalls are there. Um, the other side is a nice hike, um, but it's very quiet. There's a couple of waterfalls you can, you can see, but it's not quite the same. Um, so for that reason, if you're just in it for the waterfalls, you don't even need to do the whole loop. You could just do the one side up and back, call it a day. Um, it's, I think probably going to be about the same distance, um, give or take, but, uh, you know, you, you can get a second look at a lot of those waterfalls and, and that's fine, but that's sort of the main reason you're there. So I was like, let me see these waterfalls. I'm not looking to tease myself. Let's just, let's, let's, let's see them. Let's go. So that, that's why I did the counterclockwise way. And I think most people do do it that way. Okay. So next up the, so the second waterfall sounds like it's double falls, double falls. There's a lot of waterfalls called double falls or triple falls or whatever. This is another one of those, um, very cool looking waterfall. Um, as you can imagine, it kind of has like a couple branches to it. Um, you know, it's not nearly as big as Tumalo falls. Um, but I think, you know, if you, if you include the sort of the two, two falls of it, it does add up to about the same height, but it's just a couple of cascades. Um, you see it from kind of high up above and, and across the, the way. So it's not something you can get really up close to, but, um, very beautiful. Um, this is one that I saw and it was just like delightful, absolutely delightful. And it's not too far from Tumalo Falls. Uh, I want to say it's just like, you know, another maybe half a mile or so past it. And how tall is it compared to Tumalo? Again, it's a, it's ultimately, if you add the two plunges, it's about the same size. Okay. Um, but each of those is like, like the tallest drop is, it looks like is a 37 feet. Um, but you get kind of like, it's a kind of in a stair step, right? You get one drop and then you get another drop. And you, if you count that as one waterfall, it's about the same height. But um, it, it's still, you know, that biggest drop is still very pretty. It's very nice. Um, and like I said, you do get a very nice view of it. All right. So we're walking along this trail. How far is it to get to the next one? Okay. It, we're going we're gonna to sort of take a while here to get to these last two. Um, because as you're going along this trail, there are a bunch of like waterfalls that either, um, are smaller or don't really, you know, have a, a, an official name, or maybe you can kind of see it through the trees. Um, I counted as I did this whole hike, I counted about nine waterfalls that like I could see and take a picture of to some degree. Okay. Um, and a lot of these are kind of along this way. Um, so there's, you know, like I said, some that like you step off the trail that you can, you can see it through the trees and get a nice look at it that way. Or some that are just little kind of almost like little rapids, 
or whatever, but they were, they just kept coming one after the next, after mm. the next, after the next. And it was that experience of just like, surely there's no more waterfalls. And then there's another one around the corner. Like, wow. Okay. Well, there can't be any more waterfalls now that's gotta be it. And there'd be another one around the corner. Um, just that, that sense of, of joy of, of constantly discovering a new waterfall. Um, it was great. That's, you know, when you have a, a hike that takes you to like one or two really good ones, your, your attention is kind of focused on those. But when you're just seeing one after the other, like this, it's just like this bombardment of, of beauty and joy, um, that brought me just such delight, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. Oh gosh. I really want to do this because <laughs> like, like, uh, at Silver Falls Trail of Ten Falls, like that's mm -hmm. where I bring friends just to see that look of awe on their faces. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's this good. It, it, it reminded me a lot of Trail of Ten Falls, just a bit more remote and less like, yes, here is this waterfall. Um, sometimes it was like, oh yeah, I see one over there. It was more like, you know, discovering them. Um, but that sense of, yeah, of like one after the other, after the other, after the other, very similar to what you're going to find at Silver Falls State Park. Mm. Um, so I, I was having this experience and, you know, I was, I kind of, you know, was cheating a little bit, looking at the map, seeing what was coming. And as you're getting to the end of this, this main, this first leg of the trail. So the first leg you're hiking along the North Fork Trail is what it's called. It runs along the North Fork of Tumalo Creek. Um, and as you're sort of getting to the end of this trail before it reaches a junction, there's a little side trail that takes you to a couple of waterfalls um, with really boring names. Um, just a, they need to rename some waterfalls. Give them something. This is this is this is uh, shameful. So these two waterfalls are called. Get ready for it. Middle Fork Tumalo Falls and Lower Middle Fork Tumalo Falls. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I know, I mean, that's basically the same name as Tumalo Falls with more words that tell you nothing about it, except for its location. Justice for these falls. They need their own <laughs> unique names. <laughs> yeah, because they are both really nice and really beautiful. I love these two waterfalls. So, um, both of them are kind of these, these, uh, wider, shorter waterfalls. Um, okay. so they're not as sort of tall and, and sweeping. Uh, one of them is 15 feet tall. Uh, the other one is uh, 53 feet tall, but it's got a couple of plunges. Um, and they, they just kind of have this sort of like, uh, kind of like the, the umbrella effect where it's like coming off of the side of an umbrella, that feeling of that sort of like curved basalt and you get that just kind of that, that wide spray. Yeah. Um, really, really lovely. And you can kind of get down to the Creek at one of them, um, and get like a nice sort of lower look at it. When I was there, there was like a, a sunbeam cutting through the trees and across the water in a way that was like absolutely magical. Wow. Um, and there was like no one else around. Um, and it was like quiet and just absolutely perfect. And I, I remember being there and thinking like, like thinking back to the first waterfall and felt like so long ago that I had seen that first waterfall because I'd seen all these other ones and it was just pure magic, pure magic. Oh my goodness. So Jamie, we talked about this a little bit. You, you hit this trail, you know, at kind of the end of the season. When are we looking at, when is the best time to hike this trail? 
Well, if you're looking at like when that gate on the road is open, it's typically around June to October is what the Forest Service says. So a lot of times I think waterfalls are great when you get sort of into the rainy season or the snowmelt season. Because this is a bit higher up in the mountains, that's going to be a little later in the season. So that June time, if you want to see the waterfalls at their best, is going to be right when you want to do it. You just may have to encounter some snow while you're hiking up there. Um, but because they're so high in the mountains, they should be pretty good throughout the summer. So I would say pretty much any time in there uh, is going to be pretty good. Um, later in the season, obviously, you're going to have less water. When I was there, they weren't quite at their peak. Beautiful still and flowing strongly, um, but not quite as strong as they would be earlier in the season. The trick here, Vicky, is that you have to contend with crowds of people. This is... I know I hadn't heard of it before, but a lot of people have heard of this waterfall hike before. Um, this is one of those trails that is perpetually crowded. And I know some some folks who love this spot are going to listen to this and go, how dare you tell more people about it? Um, you know, I even in, it was a, a Monday in October, um, the trailhead parking lot was full. People were parking on the road leading up to it. There is a bunch of overflow parking um, like that you kind of have to walk additionally, uh, additional miles to get to the trailhead. Um, so they try to accommodate for that. Um, but folks really just park all over the place. Um, so get there early in the day if you don't want to have to worry about it. I know like it was a bit cold when I first started off, but by the time I was hiking, it was no problem. So get there early, go on a weekday if you can. Um, and uh, otherwise you're going to just, you're going to have to contend with crowds of people. Yeah. I was about to say like, Jamie, I feel like I've stopped asking you if things have been crowded because you, for your job, get to go during the weekday and experience these things. And normally there is no one else around. So I think this kind of speaks for that yeah. uh, right there. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, having like nine beautiful waterfalls that I could see plus more that I'm sure you could find in there. Um, means this is like a, a phenomenal trail, even if it's less known than Silver Falls. Um, but the trailhead part, it's not like they don't have this enormous parking lot they've built. It's not like a, a whole established built up state park. Um, it's a little forest head gravel lot. Um, and uh, they're doing their best with what they can in that, in that land, but it's not set up to accommodate as many people as go. Um, so you kind of have to be a little savvy about it if you want to sort of sneak in there. But I do think most of the crowds are probably there to do what we talked about earlier, to go up to Tumalo Falls and back. Maybe see a couple more beyond. I think fewer people do the actual loop. So by the time you get past those last two waterfalls we talked about and you turn left on the, the next big trail junction and you hike down um, what's called Swampy Lake Trail to get back, I saw, I think, one other person on that trail. It was very quiet um, for a good reason. There's There's no real waterfalls on that trail. Um, you do have to do a little bit of a, of a tricky creek crossing over a fallen log to do this loop hike, um, something worth noting. But, uh, you know, that that leg of the trail is, is very underutilized. So you can find solitude really easily once you're up there. It's just getting a parking space to get to get to be able to do that is that's the hard part. And Jamie, did you say that, is there a certain date in June and October for this gate opening and closure, or is it at the Forest Service's like discretion as far as passability of the road? 
Yeah, all they say is June to October, and that usually means that it's when you know the snow starts to melt in June to, to the degree that they can feel like they safely open that road, and um, when the snow starts to fall in October. Um, you know, I've I've missed that date in October by a couple of days, and this time I I got in by a couple of days. You just really have to take a look for when the snow really starts to fall out there. Um, it seems like once you get a significant snowfall where it's like sticking to those roads up in that area, that's when they're going to start closing the gate. What fees, what passes, what restrictions are there here? So Northwest Forest Pass, like you would at any other Forest Service land, if you have one of those like multi-agency federal lands passes, that's good. Um, there's a place there you can buy a pass. Um, so it's it's set up really nicely. Um, as for restrictions, um, it's not so restricted on the main part of this hike. You can bring your dog. Um, it's not like a wilderness area, but once you, if you're doing the loop hike on that other side of the clock, we we're talking about on that swampy lake trail, it enters at some point, um, this area that is part of like the, um, bend watershed. Um, and they have, they have special restrictions just in this one section of trail. So if you're doing the full loop, there's a section there where you can't take dogs. Um, you can't do any, you know, camping or fire making, but like, don't do that anyway. Um, and you do have to fill out like a little free permit that says like, you know, the date and time and your name and your address and, and all that. Um, so if you have a dog, for example, don't do that loop. You just, you can't do it. Just do the up and back. Um, you know, go up to those last great waterfalls and go back the other way. Um, just know that. But if you're not hiking with a dog or you don't have any issues, um, it's really easy and don't have to you know worry about doing too much to make sure you can get through there. Sounds like a really great hike. And I'm super excited because every time I go to bed now, like there's more and more for me to do, even <laughs> if I have to wait a few months until this is like accessible again. But of course, I have to ask, what else did you get up to in Bend while you were there? I feel like so many things. I was there for two nights this time, um, but I feel like my days were just like packed. So I did this hike. I stopped by Tumalo State Park as well. Um, they've got a nice trail along the Deschutes River um, that I like. Um, you know, uh, in Bend proper, um, Drake Park, which is right there in downtown Bend, has this new boardwalk trail they just made. So there's been trails along Mirror Pond and Deschutes River in Drake Park where they added this, this great boardwalk kind of on the edge of the water that connects Drake Park to another park just north of it um, without having to like walk alongside the nearby streets. So people were biking, running, walking, um, and you can connect through those parks and it's a really cool little system there. Um, of course, ate some good food, um, you know, uh, ha had a nice time just, just bopping around bends. Um, you know, always a pleasure to get get into that town and see what's going on. Ever since your bakery story, I just imagine you going to bed <laughs> and just like enjoying all these pastries and baked goods. Yeah, we did. Um, Miss Sadie was with me on this trip, and we were talking at one in the mornings. It's like we should we should go to a bakery um, to start the day, and and I, and I was like, oh, which one should we go to? And she's like, you literally wrote a guide <laughs> to them. You tell me. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. Of course. Great. Uh, we ended up going to Sparrow because um, she had not been up there. And, uh, you know, I started the day with like an ocean roll and an Americano. And it was like 
the greatest joy. Um, mm. The combination of that like sweet cardamom bun with like a cup of coffee. My God, that's that's living. That's real living right there. <laughs> You're doing it right. Oh, man. Do yourself a favor and just stop by Sparrow one morning and just sit there and enjoy it. Oh. <laughs> anything else to note about the trail or anything else Bend related here? Uh, you know, I, I love Bend in the fall. Um, this is such a great time of year to go there. Um, on the lower elevations in Bend, you've got some great fall color. Doing like an evening walk in Drake Park um, as the leaves are changing is so nice. Um, and then once you get the snow falling later in the fall, you've got Mount Bachelor opening, you've got your snowshoe trails opening. Um, it's just like a whole different facet to the Bend experience um, this time of year in this transitional season between like full out ski season and like backpacking season is, um, I mean, the options are less, they're a bit limited, but um, I think I really, really like it that time of year. It's a little quieter. Um, and you can sort of find these little interesting places that you wouldn't see otherwise. I love it. I love it. Just adding stuff to your bend list. <laughs> I know. It's great. Well, folks, that will do it for today. Until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast, as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you're interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show is produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.